0: Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring Jesus is coming again Cheer up your pilgrims, be joyful and sing
1: Jesus is coming again This is the voice of prophecy A voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days Prepare ye the way of the Lord
0: Coming again, coming again. Jesus is coming again.
1: From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration. You'll hear the music of the King's Heralds, Del Delker and Brad Braley The Voice of Prophecy speaker is HMS Richards.
0: Jesus whose love is strong and true and never fails how it is tried, no matter what I do I've sinned against this love. The sin clouds roll away. It's just like Jesus to roll the clouds away. It's just like Jesus to keep me day by day. It's just like Jesus all along the way. It's just like His great love. Day. sing forever of Jesus' love divine, of all his care and tenderness for this poor life of mine. His love is in and over all, and winds and waves. To roll the clouds away It's just like Jesus To keep me day by day It's just like Jesus All along the way It's just like His great love
2: Heavenly Father, we thank thee that thy love is shed abroad in the hearts of believers. We thank thee for thy message of truth and pray that thou bless this broadcast to every listener everywhere in Christ's name.
0: There is a place of quiet rest near to the
2: Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who bow before thee, near to the heart of God.
1: Del Delker and Bob Seamount invite us, in the words of the old spiritual, into a closer communion with each other and with God let us break bread together
0: to the rising sun. On me Ooh. Ooh.
1: Jerry Dill, our quartet bass has a solo for us now The Living God
3: I made of my heart a temple, but the Savior came not in, for its eyes were cloyed with malice, and its bells were choked with sin. Love!
1: Now is H.M.S. Richards, the Voice of Prophecy Speaker. His subject, Are There Real People in Space?
2: A subject which a few years ago had uh, been laughed out of court, of course, today is taken seriously by millions of people. We propose in this message to take up the subject seriously and biblically. Are there people in space? Are there intelligent beings in space? Now, first of all, it seems that we should realize that we ourselves are people in space. Speak to the earth and it shall teach thee are the words we read in Holy Bible, Job twelve eight. The earth itself is a dwelling place in space, flying at terrific speed. It is also whirling upon its axis at the rate of a thousand miles an hour. Here is a fact which will help us to realize that we are indeed riding a fast rocket through space now. If someone should ask us which direction is down, we would point toward the floor, toward the ground. If we should point at the floor or the ground twelve hours later, we would, of course, be pointing in exactly the opposite direction, for by that time the earth would have turned halfway round. So, you see, there is no up or down in space, merely the direction toward the center of the earth, which changes every second. Life is possible in the thin layer of atmosphere that covers the surface of the planet, but two or three miles out, human life is impossible, except in especially built airtight vehicles. As you listen to this radio broadcast, we are traveling on our space rocket at a speed of over 18 miles a second, or one million and a half miles a day, on a great circuit orbit of over 600 million miles. So, you see, we're moving now. The Earth does teach us that there are people in space. We are people in space, but what about other worlds, other planets? Do they exist? Are there living beings in space? What's the answer? Listen to these words from a modern astronomer. Dr. R.T. Crawford, director of Berkeley Observatory, University of California. Not only do I believe that the other planets of our solar system are inhabited, but I believe firmly that the worlds of the other solar systems are likewise inhabited. These are quoted, these words, by J. Walter Rich in his book, The Message of the Stars, page 87. Now is this idea of Dr. Crawford's, we might say the idea of many other modern scientists, in harmony with the Holy Writ. If you have a Bible handy, turn to Isaiah, 45th chapter, verse 18. Here we read, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. If God formed this earth with all its wonders to be inhabited, Is it not reasonable to believe that he formed some other worlds to be inhabited also? Of course, there may be other reasons for creating heavenly bodies. We know that our moon is not the habitation of living beings, but was created for its specific purpose and contributes to the welfare of life upon the earth. Still, the general idea seems sound. If God created this planet of ours to be inhabited... We may logically expect that this was his reason for creating other planets. Let us take a brief look at the other members of our Sun family. Mercury, little brother planet nearest the Sun, seems to have no atmosphere, exhibits phases like the Moon. Probably is very, very hot. The next planet, Venus, often called the twin sister of the Earth, shows a beautiful ring of light, evidence of an atmosphere. Like Mercury, it seems to have no Moon. Next comes our Earth. After Earth is Mars, the red planet. Not quite as large as Earth. A person weighing 160 pounds here would weigh only 57 pounds on Mars. Her winters, twice as long as ours. Two white polar caps prove the existence of water, or some think frozen carbon dioxide, or dry ice as we call it. Its atmosphere may be much rarer than ours. Jupiter's our nearest Large planet. In fact, it's the largest of all the planets in our system, 1,300 times as large as the Earth. Its year equals 12 of ours. A man standing on the Earth's equator travels about a thousand miles an hour with the rotation of our planet. On Jupiter, he would travel 28,000 miles an hour. The clouds of Jupiter are so dense that astronomers have not been able to see its surface. On these clouds, there's a great red spot about 30,000 miles long and 10,000 miles wide. It seems to be an island of frozen ammonia, the gas often used in refrigeration plants. If it is, the surface temperature of Jupiter must be very low, 37 degrees or more below zero. We really know little about conditions on Jupiter, but we do know that it has at least 11 moons. Saturn, the least dense of all the planets is light enough to float in water. It was the most remote planet known to men before the telescope was invented. It has nine moons, one of which moves in the direction opposite to that of the others. Saturn, with its three concentric rings of glory composed of untold millions of tiny moonlets, and its family of nine moons, is a thing of beauty and a joy forever. After Saturn comes Uranus, barely visible to the unaided eye, If you know exactly where to look, we know little of it and its four dim moons. We know still less of Neptune, discovered by mathematics before it was seen by means of a powerful telescope on September 23, 1846. As far as we know, it has one solitary moon. It takes Neptune 165 of our years to travel once round the sun. It has traveled only a little more than halfway around since it was discovered. And the last discovered of our solar family is little Pluto. First seen when Clyde Tombaugh turned the telescope of the Lowell Observatory at Flagstaff, Arizona, toward the constellation of Gemini on January 21, 1930. It takes 250 years to make its journey around the sun. Imagine the length of its summer or winter, if it has seasons. Can life exist on any of these planets except the Earth? We do not know. But we need to remember that there may be forms of life of which we are entirely ignorant. We need to remember, too, that our sun is not the only sun in the universe. We live in the center of what is called a Milky Way system, a lens-shaped assemblage of glowing suns or stars. One astronomer, Dr. Gerard Cooper, says that there are one billion of these blazing suns in the Milky Way. Others say that two billion have already been photographed in our galaxy. An additional 500 million will soon be added when the filming is done by the 200-inch telescope on Mount Palomar. Some even believe that the astronomers may reveal 40 billion suns in the Milky Way. Well, one billion or 40 billion, what difference does it make? Both figures are absolutely incomprehensible to us. Our sun has at least nine planets in his train. Suppose these billion or 40 billion other suns in our own galaxy have an average of nine planets each, or even one planet each. And suppose one planet in nine is inhabited. Just think of the hundreds and hundreds of millions of inhabited worlds But that isn't the end of it. Astronomers tell us that our Milky Way system, or island universe, is only one of at least 200 million other galaxies which they know to exist beyond the limits of our most powerful telescopes. Who knows how many more hundreds of millions of galaxies with their billions of blazing suns and billions upon billions upon billions of inhabited worlds that may exist. The thought overwhelms us. When we go out at night and look at the glowing sky, we may point our finger in almost any direction and say, There's life there. There's life there. There's life there. And why not? For do we not read in the Holy Scriptures, and I'm quoting Isaiah 40, verse 15, Behold, the nations, that is, the nations of this world, are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. This earth with its nations is only a small part like the tiniest imaginable grain of sand on the face of the desert in comparison with all the immeasurable immensity about us. Think of Arcturus, that majestic sun flaming through the sky, a thousand times larger than our sun, is it not reasonable to believe that that great sun draws with him a mighty train of planets on which intelligent creatures reside? Here are the words in the book of Job. Canst thou guide Arcturus with his sons? S-O-N-S. Job 38:32. That isn't all. There is further evidence direct from the Bible that there are dwellers in the heavens. Turn to the twelfth chapter of the book of Revelation, verse 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea! For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Do these dwellers of the celestial spaces ever suffer sickness and pain? Do they ever die? Is the terrible spiritual disease of sin known among them? Or is this earth the only planet which ever went astray, the wandering sheep for which the Master came to die. We shall attempt to answer these questions in our topic next week, Journey to the Moon. In the meantime, let us remember this. The glories and wonders of the sky and the mysteries of interstellar space are themselves proofs and evidences of the existence of a creative power And of the wisdom of the God of creation, for the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world."
0: Fills the morning's golden spring
2: We say, Have faith in God. Behold the stars on high. Have faith in God. Thine heart to Him apply. Have faith in God, afar yet ever nigh. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope that you will not only tell others of our broadcast, but tune in again next week for another broadcast brought to you by the voice of prophecy. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.